Welcome everyone to the Ohave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is the beginning of Perik Notel. Notel is a very short Perik. We will begin it today and Bezrat Hashem, we will end it in two days. Mishnah is discussing the, wor- the world of Mukseh. The Mishnah says as follows, Notel Adam et Bino a person can pick up his son even though the son is holding a rock. So let's say you have a kid. Let's say you have a kid who's holding a rock that's mukseh. You're allowed to pick the kid up even though by picking the kid up you're moving the mukseh. That's not a problem. Also, in a similar vein, you can pick up a basket that has a rock in it. If you have tiruma that's tameh, which is mukseh, because there's nothing really you can do with the tiruma tameh, and you have tiruma that is tahor, you can move the tameh tameh tiruma together with tahor one. In all these cases, you have something that is not mukseh and something that is mukseh, and you're allowed to move the mukseh one together with the non-mukseh one. Vimacholin, also you can move Tamer Tirumah, not just with Tirumah Tehorah, but Cholin as well, with it, which is non Tirumah regular produce. Review Daumed. Af ma'alin et medumah be'echad umeah. You can also take out the medumah be'echad umeah. Medumah means the following. Sometimes it can happen that you can mix into regular food, you can mix in. Sometimes, tiruma, and then it'll only be edible by a kohen, which is not so great. So if a person has it, sometimes if it mixes into one in a hundred, then it becomes batel. But when it comes batel, you still have to remove the tiruma piece. It's batel, but you're supposed to take a tiruma piece. That you're allowed to do on Shabbat, according to the Bihuda. So that's the Mishnah. In summary, there's three cases of moving mukseh. One with a kid, one with a basket, one with tirumah temeah, and another case of once you're on the tirumah subject, another case of taking the tirumah, the one part that was mixed in, out of a 101 mixture of tirumah to chulin. Says the Gemara Amarava, Hayot hotzi tinok chay vekis taloi b'tzavaro. If you take out a live kid with a uh, pocketbook hanging from his neck, you for carrying out the pocketbook. If, if a person was carrying a dead child with a uh, pocketbook around its neck, then you're patur, and you don't have to bring a korban at all. I think we're always going to analyze. Tinok chay vekis taloi lo b'tzavro chayav mishum kis. Yes, the Gemara, but the chayav not mishum tinok. Why are you only chayav one? You should be chayav two korbanot, one for the carrying out a pocketbook, and one for carrying out the kid itself. The kid so says the Gemara. Rava, Kerb Nathan Zvi'aleh, the Amar Chay no say it that's more. Rava is going like Rav Nathan, and Rav Nathan holds that when you carry out a human who's capable of his own mobility, he's capable of moving himself, then you're only helping him 
And even though you're carrying him, you're going to be patur. And that's what we hold, chai no atzmo. And therefore, for the kid, you're patur. But for the pakapok, you chayav. So why do we say that you're chayav for the pakapok? Why don't we say that the pakapok is only secondary to the kid? And we should say that since I'm carrying kid, I'm patur. And the pakapok is just on the kid. Let me be patur completely and not bring a korban all. Milo Tanan, don't we see in a different Mishnah a similar thing? It says, If you carry out a live person in a bed, patur afal mita, you patur for both the live person and the bed. So therefore, here too, you should be patur, says the Gemara, mita legabe chai mevat lile. Kis legabe tinok lo mevatle. A, a bed is really a secondary thing to the person because that's helping him. But you, when you have a kid who's carrying a, a pocketbook as a toy, so the toy is not is not part of the kid, whereas the bed is serving the kid. The toy, the toy is just something he's playing with, and therefore it is not considered the kid, and you could be chayav for the toy. What about the second part? Tinok met v'kis taloi b'tzavaro patur. We said if it's a dead kid with a pocketbook, he totally patur. Ask the Gemara. Why are you not chayav for the dead body? The dead child is not... Don't tell me chay no se'et atzmo because this dead child is not alive. He can't move himself. Why aren't you chayav for the, for the kid? Answers the Gemara. An interesting answer. Rava kirab shimon really. The reason why he's patur is because Rava doesn't hold like it. He holds like a bishimon. What does the Bishimon say? The Bishimon says, Any melacha that you don't need for itself, you're patur. And therefore, since you're carrying this dead child, not because you want a dead child, you're carrying the dead child because you're trying to bury it. And therefore, since you're trying to bury it, it's, you're not doing it because you want it. You want to try to get rid of it. That would be a... Uh, but then we learn you can, you can move the, a man can move his kid holding a stone now if you can move the kid holding a stone in our Mishnah that means that we don't look at it like you're carrying the stone when you carry the kid so if so, when Rava says he carried out a live kid with a pocketbook, and we said Yechayav for the pocketbook, you shouldn't be Chayav for the pocketbook because I'm not the same way I'm allowed. It's not I'm not Chayav for carrying muksa, not Chayav, but I'm not. It's not a problem that I'm carrying muksa when I carry a kid holding a rock. It shouldn't be a problem of carrying. Sorry, tiltul muksa. Tiltul muksa is not a problem, so it shouldn't be rather hotza'ah of the pocketbook because uh, just like I'm not carrying the rock, so too I should be not be considered like I'm carrying the pocketbook. Why is Rabbi saying I'm chayav for the pocketbook? Really, really, it should be asur, and it should be a muksa, and it should be a muksa problem even in the case of the. Rock and it should be asur because it is called like you're carrying it, and that's why you are chayav in the case of the kis. So why are you patur in the case of the 
rock in the Mishnah? Because this kid is crying and he might get sick. When a kid is overly crying, sometimes a kid can get sick, especially if it's a weak kid. So if you have a kid who's crying for his father, he has gagoin for his father, and if his father doesn't pick him up, then he's going to get sick. So the rabbis are relaxing the rule, and we're going to say that he's going to be able to ca- carry it, and we're not going to be a muksa problem, since muksa is true to Rabbanan. However, when you're carrying a, a kid who has a kis, since it's a sur de oraita of hotza'ah, there's no way that anyone could relax it for you, and it's a sur. But really we're saying that when you carry a kid holding something, the thing that the kid's holding, you're holding too. Says if that's true, my irya evan afilu dinar. Why would the, why would the Mishnah say only if the kid's carrying a rock? It should be the same din by a dinar, right? If the, we're talking about a case where the kid loves his father, what's the difference if the kid's loving his father holding a rock, or the kid's loving his father and crying for him holding a a uh, hundred dollar coin? Alama wa right. So why would Rav say only by a rock the mission is allowing and not by a dinar? The more answer is no. The reason why we only let by a rock is The difference is that when you have a rock and it falls, the father's happy the kid dropped the rock and he's never going to think of picking it up. But when it comes to a coin with there's a gezerah of the rabbis that you shouldn't pick up the kid with the coin even if the kid's crying because if the kid drops the coin the father might carry the coin and then you'll have a problem of muqseh and therefore included in the original muqseh gezerah is a double gezerah that you can't pick up a kid with it because we're afraid you'll pick up the coin later Tanya Kavate we have a brighter that shows that Rava is right if you remember before, Rav was the one who said that when you carry a live baby carrying a purse, it's like you're carrying the purse and you're chayah for the purse. Meaning that when you carry something through something else, it's that something else is carrying, you're carrying both things. If a guy carries out to public property with his clothes folded on his shoulder... And he's got his sandals and his ring in his hand. He's chayav for every one of them. Because he's carrying them. But if he's wearing all those things, he could carry them all out and be patur. If you're carrying out a live person and he's wearing his clothes, right? and his shoes are on his feet and his rings are on his fingers patur then he's patur because you're carrying the guy and we're assuming it's chai and you're carrying the clothes that he's wearing which he's wearing and if you carried the clothes as they were on the shoulders, then you'd be chayav. Now, obviously, we see it's like you carried it yourself. So, in other words, 
since we see that if you would carry a guy out and the guy is holding folded clothing, we're saying that you're chayav in this brighter. That supports Rava. Beautiful. Kalkala ve'aevim betocha. We had a story of a, in the Mishnah where you took out a basket and inside the basket was a rock. And we said that you are allowed to carry it. We have a general rule of basis. That whenever you're trying to store something on something else, and this item that's being stored on it is a muksa item, and that's the main item, it could cause the rest to be muksa. So since this rock is on the basket, how are you allowed to carry the basket? If it, why isn't it a basis? Says the Gemara, we're talking about a basket that doesn't only have in it the rock. If it only had in the rock, we admit that it's a basis. But here we're talking about where there's two things in it. There's fruit and a rock. And the fruit are more important than the rock. And therefore we look at the basket as a basis for the fruit. And therefore it's not muksa and you can move it. So as the Gemara, how are you allowed to carry the two of them together? We should make you get rid of it, which means we should make it that you should spill everything on the floor, roll everything off onto the floor. And when you roll it onto the floor, all the fruit and the rock will go on the floor. Then you'll take the rock and you'll leave, sorry, you'll take, you'll take the fruit and you'll put it back in the basket. And when you put the fruit in the back of the basket, now you're carrying the basket without the fruit. Why are you, we letting you carry the basket with the stone and the rock? Just, let's just make you work it out that you end up with a basket with just fruit. So they you know why? Just like he said that we're talking about a case of fruit that can get spoiled. We're talking here about a basket that can get spoiled. So the Gemara is seeding the point. You're right. If you have a basket full of oranges or a basket full of lemons, absolutely, you're not allowed to carry it with on Shabbat. With a rock inside, you must pour out the lemons, then pick up the lemons without the rock, and move on. But here, we're talking about some soft figs, that if they hit the floor, they'll be dirty and ruined. Ask the Gemara, Why don't you shake out the basket until only the stone falls out? In other words, put on the stone side, you could pour the stone off. Don't turn the whole thing upside down where the figs will fall on the floor. But even the fig cases shouldn't be mutar. You should have to cause the stone to fall out. Um, now, the Gemara could have theoretically answered that there's no way to get it out. But the Gemara has a different answer. Even if there is a way to get it out. We're talking over here about a basket that has a hole in it. And since there's a hole in the basket, the stone is actually fulfilling 
a way to keep the basket whole. And therefore, since it's a part of the basket, the Evan Gufa Nasit Dofan Lekalkala, the Evan is part of the basket. It's keeping the stuff in, and that's why you're allowed to move it, even, and you don't, not obligated to shake it out, even if you can get it out by itself, because it's serving a purpose. Now, says the Mishnah, Mitaltalin Tiruma, we're allowed to move Tiruma Temea with Tehora. Now, Esther of Chista, Amar of Chista, Loshanu Elashet Tehora Lamata Vitimea Lamata. When are you allowed to carry the Tameh ones because you're carrying Tahor ones? That's only if the Tahor is on the bottom. So you can pick up the Tahor and the upper one comes up with it. Like, for example, you have two, uh, two, uh, loaves of bread and the bottom loaf of bread is tahor the top one's tameh so when you pick up the tahor the tameh one comes with it but if the tahor one was on top and the tameh one's at the bottom why you should be allowed to carry the tameh one and hold the bottom one with the top one just hold the top one and leave and you would not be allowed to carry in that way you would not be allowed to carry Tema'ah with Tehorah. So we're restricting, according to Rechista, our mission is restricted to only a particular case where the Tahor one is on the bottom. Even if the Tahor one's on the bottom, why don't we just roll off the top one and take the bottom one? We're not dealing with loaves of bread. We're talking about Fruits that'll get ruined, and therefore, when you spill it onto the floor, you are ruining it. Now, ask the Gemara. May TV, you ask the question. It says that you're allowed to move Tameh with Tehora and with Chulin in the Mishnah. Here it's a brighter that specifically says that regardless of which one's on top, whether the Tameh is on the top or on the bottom, either way you're allowed to move it one with the other. That's against what we just said, that you can only move it, if we just said before that you can only move it if the Tameh one is on the top and now we see that it's either way says the Gemara had Rav Chista been here he would have answered the following our Mishnah is talking about which means the Mishnah which had said that you could only move it at least according to Rav Chista you could only move it when the Tahor is on the bottom that's talking about when I need when I'm moving it because I want the item itself, right? I want to eat the, the, the loaf of bread. I want to eat the item, but and therefore I can only take it if the tameh is on the bottom. The tahor is on the bottom because if the tahor is on the top, just take the tahor. And the brighter is the tzorich mikomo. The brighter is talking about a case where I need the spot, and since I need the spot where it is. So it doesn't help anything to leave the Tamer one there. I need the spot. So what's it going to gain if I take the top one only? Let me take just the top one off. Who cares that you help take just the top one off? After all, you're leaving the bottom one there, and the bottom one is the problem. Or whatever, both of them are a problem. I need the spot. They're, they're both on my pillow, and I need to sit on the couch. Taking one won't help. 
Says my my duchke the Rav Chista look me matnitin l'zor kufo. Why did the Mishnah? Why did Rav Chista have to assume that the Mishnah is talking about l'zor kufo? After all, the Mishnah didn't say that, and Rav Chista says, "Oh, it's only one that's on top." Who told you the Mishnah is talking about that case? Amar Rava, Rava says matnitin kavate daika. It sounds. It sounded to Rav Chista. And that's why he was Mishnah. It sounded of Chista from the Mishnah, if you could see from the language that he was right. Diktani Seifa says in the Seifa, Maot Sha'alakar Mina Eretakar Vehinoflot. If you have money on a pillow, you shake the pillow and it falls out. On that, Rabbi Khana says it's referring to only Litzorak Kufo. Right? But if you need the place, you're allowed to pick it up and move it. Since the safe was only talking about Kufo, and that means the Reisha was also Kufo. So he wanted to explain that the Mishnah has got to be the whole thing with Kufo. Because had the, set, the set part with the pillow being the Torah Mikamor, you'd be allowed to carry it. And therefore, that's what got us, Rav Chista, to assume that the Mishnah is a Torah Kufor case. Says the Mishnah, Rida says, you're allowed to also make the Teruma, take out the Teruma part. Ve'amai asked the Gemara, Hamataken, aren't you fixing it? Because when you had one piece of truma falling into a hundred parts of chulin, you weren't allowed to eat it. And by pulling it out, now you're allowed to eat it. That should be like fixing. It's like separating truma and shabbat, which is asur, because you're fixing it. Mitaken mana. Says the Gemara, Yehuda Kirby Lazar Svirle. Our Mishnah, which said it, said that Yehuda says you're allowed to do it. That's because he holds like Rebbe Lazar. Who's Rebbe Lazar? The Amr, Truma Be'ina Mahta. He says that the Truma Be'ina Mahta. Right away, it's considered like it's separate, which means halachically, we look at the Truma that got mixed in with the hundred parts of Chulin, we look at it as if we'd be able to see which one it is, even though they're really all mixed, and I don't know which one's which. We look at it halachically, as if it's we know which one's which. And therefore, when you take out the truma, the one piece that you're taking out, the 101th piece that you're taking out for truma, it's not called metaken mana, and it's okay to do it on Shabbat. How do we know? The Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, se'ah if one se'ah truma falls into 99 se'ah, and it becomes asur, and one piece of the 99, which are all Asur, falls into another group of 99. He says that since the first mixture was only 99 pieces, and it was Asur, each one is completely Asur. And when you mix the one out of 99 with another 99, it can make the other 99 asur too. No, 98. It can make the whole thing asur as well. But the rabbis say, 
אין המדומה מדמה אלא לפי חשבון, it can only work on a percentage, and therefore, when you look at the first percentage of 99 pieces of whatever it is, those 99 pieces are only 199th of it is truma. So if you take 199th of it and mix it with 100 full pieces of truma, of course it's less than the amount, and the second crew, according to Rebbe Lezer, is, sorry, according to the Chachamim, is Tahor. Rebbe Lezer says Tameh. Now why does Lezer say Tameh? That means that he looks at the whole mixture as, as if we have x-ray glasses and we know which one it is. And each one's Asur. So says no, it's not true. When Rebbe Lezer was, has his opinion and he says that it's like Vadai Truma, that's only to be strict and not let you allow the second bunch. But who says Rebeleza would rely on his opinion, Lekula, in our case, where we want to claim that it's not a repair and you're not Metaken Mana when you uh, take out the piece? Who said? Just because you see a rabbi take a svara to be lenient doesn't mean he'll take to be strict doesn't mean he'll take a sorrow to be lenient rather the reason why Yudah allows you to take it out because he holds like Rabbi Shimon if one falls into a hundred and you couldn't take it out till the second one fell in now you have two in the hundred and it's Asur Rabbi Shimon Matiyah, which once it's okay, because once the first one came in, he must hold that it's separate. And therefore, when the second one comes in, it's also separate, and it's fine. It's falling into a hundred. And therefore, if he holds it separate, that's why we said in the beginning, it's not Mitakin Rana. Says, who told you that? Maybe the Machal between Tanakh and Rabbi Shimon is about the following. The Tanya, Kama Savar. Even though it fell one after the other, we look at it like if it came together, and therefore, they both fell into 50, and that's why it's a sore because you need 100. Could be that, that Rabbi Shimon holds that the first one is batel in 100, and then when the next one comes, it's also batel in 100, and kama kama batil. Each one gets batel as it goes in. And therefore, Rabbi Shimon does not hold that it's separate. And that's why. It's a Surah on Shabbat. Says the Gemara, Ela, who the Amar, Kirbi Shimon Belazad. When Rabbi Huda says that it's okay to take it out, it's like Rabbi Shimon Belazad. The time we learned, Rabbi Shimon Belazad, Omed, Noten, Einav, Bitzad, Zeh. Veochel, Mitzad, Acher. If a person has truma mixed with Chulin, you, you know, you're allowed, according to this rabbi, to look at one particular piece of truma on one side and say, oh, that's the truma in your, in your brain. Now you can do it from there. You don't have to call it truma. And you can eat from the other side. So therefore you see that if you're allowed to eat from it without taking out a piece with your hands, like in this case where you look at one side and do the other side, then obviously we're not fixing it if you take it out. Because who cares that you took it out? I was even allowed to eat it beforehand by just eyeballing one and thinking that it's truma. So if 
Rabbi Yehuda, the reason why he says it's not metaken is because there was the possibility of doing with your eyes. Therefore, when you take it out with your hands, you didn't really accomplish anything much because you didn't fix it because it was fixed a little bit already without you. Okay. Ask the Gemara. Does Rashba agree with me with that? I think Rashba disagrees anyway. We're at the top of the page. He argues on him. The Tanya will enter the Brighta. Rabbi Dah says it's one, you need 101 to allow it. Rashba says, like we said before, you could look at one side and allow the other side. So you see, he argues on the 101. He allows less than that. So answer the Gemara. Really, Rida agrees with Bishmon Melazar. He's even more lenient. Bishmon Melazar says you could do it with your mind. And Rida, sorry, Bishmon Melazar holds that you can fix it by looking at one side. Rida says since you could do it with your brain, you could do it physically too. Even though Rida didn't hold like that. But now we're up to the brain of This Mishnah is dealing with more laws of Mukseh. If you have a rock on top of a barrel, if the barrel is freestanding, there's nothing next to it, all you do is tilt the barrel over and the rock will fall off. Let's say it's in a wine cellar. You have a rock on top and it's in a wine cellar. If you tilt it, you're liable to break another thing of, of another wine, wine pitcher. You pick up the barrel and you tilt it to the side and it falls on its own. Money on a pillow. All you have to do is shake it and it could fall off on its own. Let's say there's dirt on the pillow, right? And you want to clean it. You can wipe it with a rag. If it's leather, then you're allowed to put water on it. So a leather one, you're not getting anything out of the fabric, you're allowed to put water on. But if it's made out of fabric, then you're not allowed to do that. You can't put water. You could only use a smartut, which is a rag. Says the Gemara, We only said you're allowed to tilt it if the guy forgot it. But if the guy left it on purpose, it became a basis. And then you wouldn't be allowed even to tilt it off because it'll be an Isur. Because it'll be an Isur. Okay? A basis. If it's among the barrels, then you can pick it up. This the author of our mission who allows you to pick up the full barrel with a rock on top must be holding that uh, that whenever you have basis to both, it's not called a basis. Because this in this case you have wine and a stone. The wine is not muksa and the stone is, and he's letting. So we want to know who is that author of that Mishnah. It's Rashbag. The Tanami learned 
בית שמאי אומרים, בית שמאי says, בורר אוכל ואוכל. You separate the good part and eat that, but you're not allowed to take out the bad part. בית הלל אומרים, בית הלל says, since it's יום טוב, בורר תגדרכו, you could separate it in the usual way by taking the bad from the good, which is normally אסור on Shabbat, on יום טוב you could do it. And בחיקוי תמחוי, you could do it in your lap, you could do it with a plate, don't do it with a, a, a utensil. Vitanya, we learned, Amar Ashpag, when were these words said that Petilel says that you could do it in a normal way, taking out the bed, that's only if there's more food than there is bad stuff. And if so, that's why he lets you take out the bad stuff, because it's easier. Aval. But if there's much more bad stuff, then you can't take out the bad stuff. Then he agrees that you have to take out you have to take the, the good stuff out. So we see that Rashbag holds that if you have a choice between touching the bad stuff or touching the good stuff, you should always try to get the good stuff. Right? You shouldn't, you should, we assume that the bad stuff is mukseh. Just like we said over here that you're not supposed to touch it. In our case, in our Mishnah, when we let you pick up the barrel, it's like where you're, where you're not allowed to move it. So therefore, here also, you should not be allowed to pick up the Chavit. Because after all, Since it's much more work to pick up the barrel rather than to tilt it off over here, they shouldn't let you do it. Right? Oh, just like over there, they didn't let you do what's more work. They wouldn't let you. Says the Gemara, Hachanami here too. Since if you want to get all the wine out, you can get some out without picking it up, but you're going to have to pick it up anyway later. So since you're going to end up having to pick up the rock later to get the last parts of the wine out, because in the bottom of the barrel, you can't get that part out unless you pick it up. Now by picking it up, you're going to pick up the rock anyway. Even if we tell you not to do it now, you're going to end up doing it later when you finish the end of the barrel. Therefore, letting you do it first is really much more similar to the case where there's more psolat than ochil. And that's why you're allowed to do it. Because you're going to do it anyway. Says the Gemara, If it's among the barrels, then you can pick it up and move it out. Tanya, we learned, If it's in the storage house, or if it's not in the storage house of other wine, but it's next to some glass where it's going to break, you can pick it up and let it fall to the side. You can take what you what you need and put it back in the old place where you found it. Says the Mishnah. Before we get to the new Mishnah, we go, we go to Mishnah, I just want to summarize. We just learned a brand new thing that not only could you pick it, 
up, you could you could take what you need and put it back. Okay, that's what we we, we added that the details that we didn't have before. Mishnah said that if you have money on a pillow, you could shake it off. That's only if you forgot the album. But if you left it on purpose, the money on the pillow, you said before Shabbat, I'm going to leave this money on the pillow during Shabbat. Then it's a basis, of course, and it's not so to move. You learn that to shake it off if you want to use it. You want to use the pillow to lie on, then you can shake it off. But if you just need the spot to put something else there, then you can move it while it's there. You let it move it. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah, Ma'ot Shalagah, you can you can shake it off. Amar Boshir, Shachach Anaki Bechatzer. If you forgot a wallet in a chatzer, Maniachal Kikar Tinokam Tatlar. Boshir says, you want to move it out of the way, you don't want to lose the money. Put a kid on it and move it, because since the kid's not mukseh, if the kid's sitting on the thing, you can pick up the kid with it. Asked the Gemara, Rabbi Yisrael says similarly, Shachach Levena Bechatzer. If you got a brick, which is uh, you want to save and you forgot it in a katzer. Put a pita bread on it or put a kid on it and you can move it because of the pita bread. One time they forgot a, a fortune of money in a public property and they didn't know how to get it out. He let him put a kid on top of the money and move the money because of the kid. So if so, it's the same thing here. The halacha is like that as long as you forgot it there. But if you did it on purpose, of course, it's asur. But you're, he agrees that if you forgot some expensive thing, we'll let you put a kid on it and move it. That's what everyone seems to hold. Ravashi says, According to this, the only Ravashi, the only time you ever allowed to move with a kid by putting a kid on it, making it un- and demuxaizing it, that's chas v'shalom with a dead body, like we did by David Melech in Berachot. But by anything else that's less important. You are not allowed to put a kid on it, according to Rav Ashi, even though Morzutra, Behuda Bashila, and Nubitzak were all letting. Abaya Manach Kipa Kipi Akipi. Abaya one time put put um, wheat, put a spoon on the wheat to move it. And Rava Manach Sakina Abayonu Matatulua. Rava put uh, uh, on, on, on his. Raw meat that was muksei on Shabbat. He put some um, some wheat, and the wheat's not muksei. I made it also not muksei. How sharp is what the rebbe's in school are? Why? Because they think it's okay. 
אין מוי דאמר רבנן בשוכח, ואין מוי דאמר רבנן בשוכח, לכתחילה מי אמה דאמר אידו לאן פרפס, ולכתחילה מי אמה דאמר פרפס, אמרה <laughs> 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 